What is up, everybody? Today we're discussing if rap culture is killing black culture. That and a lot more on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Black, black, excellence. Black, black, excellence. Black, black, excellence. Black, black, excellence. Look at me black and I'm excellent. Look at me black and I'm excellent. Excellent. Look at me black and I'm excellent. Look at me black and I'm excellent. Black. Look at me black and I'm excellent. And I'm in black like a funeral. Yeah. Too many cops make a funeral. And they just act like it's cool to me. Look at me black and I'm beautiful. Look at me black and I'm beautiful. You just spread like a cubicle. Can't draw my circle like hulu. Yeah. I go to work every day. I'm trying to double my pay. I'm trying to triple my wage. Don't think we working the same. I came accustomed to pain. Descending from slaves. Yeah. Thank God we made it today. Yeah. You gonna remember my name. Black, black, excellence. Black, black, excellence. Black, black, excellence. Black, black, excellence. Look at me, black, and I'm excellent. Look at me, black, and I'm excellent. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Black Hollywood Lives this week. I'm your host, Daryl Kristen. We got very special guests today, but we're gonna start off with Miss Courtney Stewart and her. Is that a Wonder Woman t shirt you got going on? Look at me, black, and I'm excellent. Yes. All right, you know, I can't really see <laughs> the logos covering everything see. up. No, it's actually Wonder Woman's Amazonian sister. That's right, I'm feeling that. She's feeling it. It kind of looks like you on the t-shirt. Yeah, you know, I try. You know yeah, I was like, I was kind of hostile today. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, so I feel That's a little aggressive. I needed an Afro and an Afro t-shirt and all of that. <laughs> well, you rocked it well today, as always, Courtney. Our very special guest today, you heard his music right there. Starbound yes. is in the house. Yes, sir. Loving that video, my man. Thank you, man. I feel Fantastic. Especially with what some of the topics we're going to discuss today about hip-hop and the way it's affecting black culture and just where we're at right now, especially the last week of a couple tragic killings of rap artists. Yeah. You know, this is the message that we need to be hearing right now, man. 100%, so I'm, I'm man. excited Thank to you talk for to having you me. About I really appreciate it, man. And what you rocking the t-shirt, too. I, I see a black, black excellence, y'all. Shopblackexcellence.com. Yeah. That's right. right. <laughs> you can get those shirts over there. Get on it, y'all. All right, you got a lot of topics today. I know. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> so I guess we're going to jump in just jump sort in. of on a high note. Yeah. Like, so this week we have some black excellence going down and some black girl magic going down on over there on own uh over winfrey network uh miss mara Brocka kill premiered her newest show love is and it was premiered to pretty rave reviews and yep. people are really feeling it it's like her love story basically sort of between her and her husband and how they met and you know made up for fiction into a series with some real cool new artists for you guys to check out in terms of actors like they've cast some slightly unknowns yeah. um and you guys should definitely be checking that out but why she was also in the news is because obviously we love mara brocka kill and we have for many many years especially black women because she gave us our black sex in the city with girlfriends and everybody that followed and loved girlfriends you know we followed it we loved it and it randomly got taken off the air at a point in time that we were not happy about so we did not get any closure <laughs> you got copy your feelings a little did bit not get one. any closure <laughs> so we've been looking for closure for about 10 years now because i think no no more than 10 years because they went off has in it like, been that long i think they went off in 2007 Maybe it's been about 10 years, wow. somewhere around there. So okay. we've been looking for closure for a minute. We ain't got it. And we've been asking Mara, like, hey, girl, you got a script, like something we could do. And then we've been getting like little sprinkles from the cast, Tracy Ellis Ross, Joe Marie Jones, like they are all doing other projects and they're always saying, yeah, we totally would be down. So we like, yo, what's up, Mara? Like, why we still ain't got 
closure, sis. Like, what's happening? So she gave an interview to Vulture, and we found out a little bit of tea. And in this world of inclusion and all these strides we make in as black and brown folks in the industry, some strides still ain't quite as far as we thought they were. Because Mara, in her interview, said the following, quote, Girlfriends, it deserves somebody to see the value in it and write that check. That's what it's about. People often think I have the power. Well, I have a lot of creative input. I know the vision of it, but I need the money. That's what this industry is all about, supporting artists and supporting storytellers and hearing the audience for what they want and need. There is still a lack of value for what black women want, yet we have proven to be one of the strongest consumers in the marketplace. Yet we are still undervalued about what we want and what we need. Essentially, she said, I'm tired, y'all. I'm not knocking on these doors no more at these studios. They will not give me no money because they do not see any value in doing a girlfriend's movie. Mm-hmm. How after girls trip I mean, into hell do they not see right. any value exactly. in girlfriends? I mean, come on. How? I don't I don't know. I'm I'm shocked. I'm sad. I'm to depressed. me it's actually perfect time for that movie to be released. You know what I mean? Like we're seeing a lot of change in content, uh, you know, yes. from, from Netflix all the way down to movies and if they were going to release it the, this next year it's probably the best time to do it. It would be And amazing. it has it has such a cult following. That's what I'm saying. It has a built-in audience already. Not to mention the new audience that they could reach out to and grow because of things like Tracy Ellis being on Blackish has grown yeah. an entirely yeah. different audience sure. than yeah. she back years ago on Girlfriends and I just it, it boggles my mind that nobody thinks that this is a good enough idea to invest in. Somebody will invest Somebody in will. it, and it yeah. will be huge. Yeah. Hopefully, and hopefully, I'll we'll be watching. There was one cool thing though that uh, Jill Marie Jones said. She said that she, if it didn't work out soon, she wouldn't mind if they waited like a few more years. Right, so they right. were like in their like fifties, and it was like girlfriends meets Golden Girls with the yeah. black version, and that kind of got me excited. So I was like, um, I want closure like a little earlier, but that might not be a bad idea. Yeah, like, but they could do both. You know we could saying? go like, like you know, on. do it now and then do another, another one, one. And then ten years, yeah. let the sequel come like yeah. ten years later. Yeah, it maybe. took Sex and the City a while to kind of go to the big well, screen and we then we can't talk about that one because that second movie was not a good idea but anyway <laughs> <laughs> whatever and, and moving on and moving on congratulations Mara on Love Is make sure y'all are checking it out and giving it its ratings over there on OWN because it is a really great show alright so this, is this where the subject matter changes <laughs> this is where, where we, it starts to go dark I try to now. be like super perky I and like, like we're talking like we got energy you know what I'm saying like, we're excited, we were like hey we have black we, excellence coming you know, in black like, hey. coming in all positive well excellent is not something or an adjective I would use to describe our government right now so uh, okay if you have existed in the last, you know, 24, 48 hours, you have seen the, we have been inundated with pictures, videos of immigrant children crying for their mothers and people being ripped away from their families at Caged. the border and put in what appear, appears appear to, be to be cages. cages. Wow. Um, because basically what's going down is at the border... There is a policy that has existed for some time but was not being enforced that when somebody comes to the border illegally and they are essentially apprehended, um, they are, if they are with a child, technically, legally, they are not allowed to keep the child in custody, though they are allowed to keep the adult in custody because technically the adult is potentially a criminal. So they would normally, legally, they could separate the parent or adult, whoever the adult is with the child, and the child is placed into basically a holding 
cell situation, call it whatever you like. And then the parent is, or adult is put somewhere else to deal with, with the legal ramifications of coming to the border legally. Um, I, I'm not actually sure like where we suddenly got this like role of media about it because this has been going on for a few months at this point. The Trump administration has decided to do a zero tolerance policy since around April from what yeah. I gather that there is no tolerance meaning we will arrest everybody coming to the border illegally and take the kids and the kids are not an excuse for you to get past sure. the border which apparently they're trying to allude to the fact that that has been the case more so in the past that people if you came with a child they didn't want to separate the families so it kind of gave you a pass to at least go into the country and then maybe have to reappear but then people weren't reappearing before the judges like they were supposed to which is the argument as to why they're keeping them now at the border and they're separating the kids problem is April came, they decided they're going to enforce this policy all full force and whatnot, and it looks like they didn't really have it all figured out as right, to, like, right. how we going to get these kids back to their parents, right. like, how we going to figure out who these kids belong to later. Some of these children are very young. Some of them, they literally have shelters for the tender ages, which literally. are yeah. babies, okay. essentially. These kids don't know their names. They don't know where they are. Most of them, if not all of them, don't speak English. So they're being, you know, ripped away from family or whoever they know, whoever they came with, and just placed in random places. Some are being placed with family, some are being shipped as far as New York and Michigan and elsewhere, and mothers and aunties and whoever else have no idea where these kids are, how they're going to get them back. And apparently it looks like our administration has no real plan for how to bring them back together. So previously, Trump... Oh my God! I said his name. Had said that he was going to. Um, he was. He couldn't sign anything to like make this not right. the case. Of course, two days ago he signed something that could make this not the case, which is what people have been saying for weeks that you could totally sign something and stop this immediately. So he signed it, but he had no implementation strategy. The implementation strategy is, y'all figure it out. Right. So here we are, <laughs> with a mess. <laughs> And, and nobody seems to know anything about what to do, where to do it, how to do it, when to do it, whatever. So there's arguments on both sides. How y'all feel about seeing all these kids? I mean, I'm going to let Starbound start because I have several things to say. <laughs> well, first of all, it breaks my heart, man, to see um, you know, how the, the living situations. Um, you just gave me a lot of insight on you know, what's actually going on with it. And uh, even if they had to have this type of situation, it should be way better living situations than this for the for the kids, at the at the least. Um, very upsetting, man. You know, really at the time that we are in, in America, you know, we just need to, we need better, man. We need we need a lot better. A lot of things just keep coming up, and it feels like, you know, us as a society, you know, a lot of people are fighting for something better, and it, it feels like we keep getting hit with bad news back to back to back. Yeah, and um. I just, I just hope uh, there's, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel coming for us. I, I, listen, I, I hope, I, I hope so. I, this just has frustrated me so much in this whole entire process because I know that he received an executive order. He said there was a lot of pressure from like religious leaders and political yeah, leaders and that's world why leaders, he's and that's he's why he's claiming though. that he's signing this. But just the fact that since he's been in office, how much turmoil has happened, and every day 
it literally is something. And I don't care what they say about any former president. They can say whatever they want about Obama. It was never this much drama and, and, and things going on in the office. And he was the first black president, obviously. Right. <laughs> so it just it just just the fact that like even you know now they they were talking today and they were showing Melania how she had the she was going to see the um the oh, immigrant Lord. children mm-hmm. uh who were detained at the border and she was wearing a I really don't care do you question mark uh on the coat. back of her coat wow. yeah and it's what? like just the you know there's there's so many things on social media that have gone on about that did she know it was ha- did she know well, was it just, on purpose just to give y'all information cuz all of that sort of is evolving as we were coming into the studio but basically her office issued a statement saying that the coat didn't mean anything it's just a coat she just picked a coat off the rack that's all it meant a few minutes later though her husband's office i.e. her husband tweeted that it did mean something and she wanted to show everybody that she recognizes how fake news is and how horrible it is and what the terrible things are doing in regards to this story about the immigrant children. She was making a statement against the fake news. So we've grown folks trying to read and understand and trying to, you know, navigate our way through the hot mess. We have no idea, like, what? Okay, were you trying to say something? Did that mean something? Are we, Bottom like, line, you shouldn't award it. It's certain period. things when you're a professional and you're going somewhere, you know, you think about what you're wearing exactly. and what it means. And I, I feel like she's smart enough to to understand that that wasn't um, a proper Which, thing. I mean, it would have to be purposeful. Yeah, have sure. to be. And then here's my thing. You have a team. They're letting you leave with that jacket on and in this in this type of climate and environment, and especially what you're going to actually go do, which is visit these immigrant kids, and you think that that's okay to wear. It's just, it's, it's so much just messery that's going on yeah. in the political office. I really don't even like to turn on the news anymore because of all this. Well, see, and it's funny, too, because, okay, so y'all that listen to the show know how I feel about 45, a.k.a. Cheetos in my brain. So what my, my biggest issue in listening to all of this, because I'm like, okay, I, I can't completely tune out because that's what a certain level people they, they want. Because if True. you're not paying attention right. and you give up caring because you can't decipher any of this, then they win regardless. So I'm trying to like really, you know, mess through this like story and the layers and the constant like, okay, well, it's the Democrats that did this. And then this already existed and they were already doing this in previous administrations and we just didn't know about it. And there's a, um, a reporter who did a whole thing of photographic something back in 2014 that showed that we have been right, doing this yep. for years. And then I spoke to some of my local friends who have some experience crossing the border and have family that have dealt with that and all of that and they're like that ain't new like they've been putting kids in what appear to be cages and I keep saying that if y'all didn't pay attention when they were talking about they couldn't decide if they could call them cages or not and that was a whole that, situation that's a kennel it looks exactly like Just a the fact that it looks like a cage is a problem. It's a problem. It's that's a, problem. a problem. And then 45 as a president, bro, like his entire language in his press conference on Tuesday or Wednesday was literally if the Democrats didn't do this, they want child um, slavery to go on. So they're helping this happen so that the child trafficking can continue. And he was constantly coming instead of just being like, you know what? This been going on, but this isn't great and we're going to stop it. Like, leave it at that. He kept making it about trying to make it very clear that the Democrats did this and that if they would act, even though technically the House could pass something because it is a Republican majority, he was trying to, like, give information to make it seem like 
otherwise. Like he literally said, they can't pass anything because the Democrats won't come on board, yeah. which is not accurate. And you're just like, dude, you're saying so many things that are like just straight up not true, yeah. number one. And it's very, very manipulative. And I don't know if y'all listened to him on like Monday when he, before he decided to sign something. He was basically calling the immigrants vermin. Yeah, he called them like, vermin. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. I just, like, when you start to do that and pretend and suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, I, I really care about the kids, but the Democrats, you're making it about your setup and you're setting up this. And it's almost like he did this on purpose, held out. So that it could look like, oh my God, see, I'm feeding you information that the Democrats aren't helping and right. they're not trying to pass anything because we know we're in trouble at the midterms in November. So I'm going to hold out, hold out until it's really uncomfortable. And then I'm going to come and look like the savior. Look, I signed it. I did this for you guys. I'm sending Melania down there to look like she really cares. And she finally tweets, even though she had been disappeared for like three, the last she, three yeah, months. Where is she? Been? Right. She suddenly cares about the kids. And I hope she does, obviously. But what I'm saying, it feels very, very calculated and very manipulating and I can't believe otherwise because nothing that they're doing I mean even down to her jacket is very specific, very specific. <laughs> like, yes. and not it's impossible to have been accidental yeah. so then I try to find where's the money because this got to be about money some kind of way like and if it's child trafficking are we prostituting the kids does somebody have a deal with the cartels for real and they're you, just trying to I, make I didn't this... I not even think about that. That's, I mean... Are they trying to make it a mess at the border so that the cartels have an easier time because our resources are so channeled in this mess and then our attention as citizens are just on that? So who the cartels hooked up with up there somewhere? Because there's something else going on here. I didn't even think about that. This is not surface. Right like, yeah. it's not a coincidence that this is also major news suddenly yeah. if it's been occurring to a degree. Maybe it's occurring to a higher degree now. But it's been occurring for a long time, yeah. and suddenly it's major news. So I'm kind of really upset and uncomfortable because not just because the kids are there, but because we don't really know why what they're there. The whole reason is behind it. I mean, <laughs> that makes it even more. I'm sorry, that was hella long winded. No, but like, but I, mean, I, get I got all kind of crazy conspiracyness going on in my brain now, and it freaks me out even more, especially listening to Pence. And the entire, like, one day you're like, oh, no, we not going to, we didn't decide to, like, take kids away from their families. But weeks ago, you did a press yeah. conference where you specifically said, yes, they're criminals. We're going to take the children from their yeah. parents. And he was saying that at the beginning. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? And what do we do? That is a conversation that, I mean, we could, we could keep this as our only topic today, you know? Yeah. Um, we'd like what to know you what doing? you guys are feeling, actually. Yeah, please tell us. You guys are really good with giving us a lot of responses on the topics. Tweet us. you know, put, For sure. Give us a message at YouTube. If you've got solutions, listen, we all need to band together and try to figure it out. Do you guys feel like when you're, because I saw lots on, um, like, my social media feeds and stuff, like, call this number and talk to this yeah. person and do it. Do you feel pressed to do that? Or do you feel like you are should do it or effective in doing it? Like, any of that because I think we should all do it because there's power in numbers mm -hmm. uh, I think you said it, I felt guilty because I did see uh, one of my friends posted mm -hmm. and I like you know I just I didn't call and I think um, I think all of us should call and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna renege and, and gonna make sure I, I call mm -hmm. whoever I need to call in and just say my piece because of as more of us say something you know uh, hopefully something will change a little bit faster. 
I agree. I mean, it, I'm be honest with you. I was just watching it the other day when I was seeing the kids crying. And just, I got caught up in my feelings a bit. I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something about it. You know, I got. I mean, we can talk about it on shows. We can talk about it to our friends. We can have group conversations about it. But if we're not doing the proper things to do it, it's just going to continue. For sure. You know, and and you're right. It's it, you know the the. The changes in numbers, you know, the more people that are responding to this or have some type of feeling about it and call a number or do what, write a letter, whatever it may yeah. be, that is where it will change, hopefully change the situation. Hopefully. I'm so, it's so dark It's right like now. I can't even like, well, no, but no, you know what I mean? I can't even I saw it so many times, say that it will. And I'm know? always a person that, I was one sending emails for like net neutrality to my friends, like y'all call this number, make sure y'all do this. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I saw all these posts about this and I'm so freaked out about why this is happening, how this is like, I don't trust calling anybody because I don't see, like, I can't see the line straight. Like, I can't, and I haven't been able to, like, decipher, okay, it looks like this might be more the truth and the lane that is, so then I should be on that side. Because I don't, I don't know. At this point, calling my representative is going to do what? If they own the team, that's actually, you know what I'm saying? We saw saw what happened with the election, and we thought, you know, we think that's honest. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what to do right now. So, anyway, that that was my week, guys. Woo! All right. feel great. (laughs) That's all right. Yes. We know how you feel now about that stuff. Exactly. No, no, it's all good. No, you know, listen. You had some really relevant points. You made me think about some things I hadn't I'm even scared, thought of before. Man. So it is sure, scary. Uh, we're going to move on, though, unfortunately, to a, a, another also another scary, scary kind sad, of dark subject. Yeah. But it's that week. ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. Well, when we were pulling stories this week, I actually thought this was, was an interesting subject because of what's been going on in the hip-hop community and the rap community in the past week. We've actually, you know, as we know, we've lost several rappers this week um, uh, from Jimmy Wapo to uh, XXX. Tenta Sion and also Takashi69 is also yeah. being investigated for uh, Chief Keef's situation. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot in the news this week. Um, it's interesting because there is a jazz musician, which we all know by Wynton Marcellus, and he had been interviewed about kind of the state of hip-hop and where he felt like the industry was kind of going. And he said, hip-hop and rap are more damaging than a statue of the Confederate commander Robert E. Lee. And E.U.R. Webb put that article out there. And I was like, wow, that's that's deep, yes. you know? And it made me sit, sit back and really think about what he said. And I was like, you know what? That's a good discussion for us because we are so heavily influenced by hip-hop. Hip-hop has influenced so much of our culture. And we've seen this argument before when we saw the beef between East Coast and West Coast, all the way back to Biggie and Tupac and, and uh, you know, Diddy and, and, and Suge Knight. And, you know, we are at a state now where it's like, you know, what, how much reality is hip-hop affecting the world and the black community as a whole? Because, obviously, hip-hop is something that is not just viewed by black people. White, little white kids in o- yeah. Ohio and Minnesota are listening to our music, and they're hearing these messages. And w- hip-hop has been criticized in the past of also, you know, the sexuality, the lyrics, the, the uh, you know, the name-calling of black women and, and putting that mindset in the N-word and putting that into our culture. How do you think that all of this that's been going on, especially in the last week, is going to affect us moving forward? Because, I mean, obviously we do have very positive hip-hop artists uh, like yourself who are bringing <laughs> dynamic new sounds to music, which I love, and in a, in a very artistic way, which is a, a beautiful thing. But how do you feel it, the mentality of hip-hop is really affecting the black community right now? Well, first of all, hip-hop is the number one genre in America for the first time over yes, rock. That's true. So... Yeah. Um, we're bigger than ever right now. It's yeah. a transitional period, and um, I think the artists 
uh, they're just, I don't know. I think a lot of the artists uh, and people in general that that are fans that are liking the music, they're getting engulfed in in this this facade of what music or what an artist or rapper is supposed to be and what yeah. you know what the lifestyle is supposed lifestyle, to be. Yeah. And I feel like people get caught up in that too much. A lot of people um, in music now they aren't telling the honest truths about you know. Uh, who they actually are, where they actually come from, and and talking about those type of things in their music, because it's a lot of other artists that you know they may be talking, and speaking their truths, and it's becoming extremely popular. Yeah. And it, it you know when things are popular, people want to uh, remake it and, and try to be be the same thing. I think the thing in hip hop right now, um, I think we just need more people being honest and trying to uplift the the people that are watching them. And then a lot of people don't think about what they what they're saying, what they're doing. They think about it as it's a business move because you know more people see you, uh, you know the more opportunities you can have to make money and things like that. But um, the kids are really watching this, man. Yeah. Like I was really upset with um, XXX. How you say it? I'm just say X. Yeah, just call XXX. Rest in peace to that young man too. But I was really disappointed at. How the blogs and the social media in general posted his, you know, him in his car yeah. on social media. I felt like that was that was a, a um, testament to where we are right now as as a, as a country and or as a people in general to be that desensitized to something like that to just put it on on social media for kids mm-hmm. to see a dead person yeah. and somebody that they looked up to and not even just the kids. You know, we these people have. You know, he has people that love him, that grew up with him, that care about him, that are on social media, just like all of us scrolling and seeing that. Like, think of that was one of your friends or something like that. That that's crazy. You couldn't even. You know, I can't even explain how I would feel in that type of situation. And I think um, we need more artists and people spreading love. And I do see it now. We need to, but we we need more of that. um, And and from the fans and everybody, just trying to spread love. Um, to everybody and just be great, man. Like that's that's what it's all about to me. No. I I think you are very right. <laughs> like I feel like we just don't cuz it's weird cuz like you said this is not a new sort no. of argument about hip hop. Yeah. And thinking back to that um Winston's quote about it being worse than a statue of Robert E. Lee, I take issue with that cuz at first it's like, "Whoa, that's maybe you got a point, maybe not." Nah. No, I don't think you have a point. I actually think that that was sensationalism. Passionate. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that I think that we are not honest enough about what is actually happening in our culture. Right. And art often reflects culture. And some people argue that you know, is it art reflecting life or life reflecting art? And I think that right now it's our lives being reflected in the artists because we are choosing these sort of facade lives, whether it's through social media or whatever. We're all living in a facade because we're seeing children gunned down in the street by people that are protecting them. And it's not something that we've been able to process yet as a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of us have, obviously. But as a whole, as a country, as a culture, we have not decided that that is unacceptable. We have not decided that it is unacceptable that there are still ghettos in this country. There are still kids that can't get food, and we have an abundance of all of that. So I feel like 
to blame it on, like to say that the music is way more of a problem. If anything, the music has been a door that opened some people's eyes to a lot of things that they never knew about. Tupac and Biggie and going all the way back to the the beginning of hip hop. Like people didn't know these things were happening in the hood. People didn't care that these things were happening in the hood. And so they were expressing, yo, this is what's happening. Like this is what we're showing. Now, whether or not, like, you know, all because people would be like, when Jay-Z and all the money and the yachts and the chicks and all of that, like, is that a positive thing? I don't necessarily think so, but that's with any art, there is balance. Like, there has to be both. Sure. And so I feel like it's weird because, like, thinking of hip-hop right now, I'm not really thinking, like, oh, hip-hop is super violent, but I'm also not, a, I guess, a consumer of the hip-hop in this era the way that I would have been, like, 10 years ago. Sure, right. Um, so I think it's interesting that the violence portion of that is so strong right now because what I feel is a lot more positive and um People like I think a chance to rapper and like those are the people that I'm like thinking of that are coming up and yes they're still expressing things that have been terrible and awful that are happening but in terms of like their role especially in community and like what like J Cole and people like that that are like they're about something and they want you to be about something and they don't want to just be you know out here fighting and buying cars and all of that so it's weird that that's well here's the thing I there's I I understand your point but I think there's two sides to what his statement was and he probably I, I don't no, but maybe taking a little bit out of context is what he's saying. I, I When I read it, I took it as, yes, there are so many positive things in hip-hop and rap, but there also is a state of how it culturally affects the mentality of, we've talked about on the show, with just certain words that are used that young kids are listening to every day, and that's influencing them in their life. And yes, it's not the same of, the, you know, the Robert E. Lee, who was just extremely you know, racist. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a different thing. But I understand what he's saying in the sense of they both had heavy influence on society, keeping us in bondage. And, and yeah, so sure. there is a element to that that I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that hip hop or rap. I I think it's a highly more pos- positive things going on than negative. But there is still a tone of the you know what we say in 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 in, in our rap music. To uh, about each other and also about women and also how that's influenced by young people who are not of color, you know, and I, I don't know all the time if that's r- great. I mean, I've been in cars driving next to a, these teenagers who were rapping and saying the N-word and I was like, well, you know, damn, you know, I mean, it's 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 still a fine line. I think we have to be careful. With. But is it the music or is it that we literally live in a world that like, like the N word, the fact that we're still debating whether, okay, forget black folks saying the N word that the, that we're even debating that white people should be able to say the word to me speaks to the facade that we continue to live in. Oh, they shouldn't be able country. to say the word. It's hard in as an artist in music, because your fans are gonna say it because you, they sing in your song. Right. So like with my different artist friends that I have, you know, they kind of, you allow it in certain settings, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it's hard to because these are your, these are your fans. They singing your song, so they you know they're saying they're saying the word, and um, I think that that I've seen that a lot more lately. Yeah, like white people like saying it in concerts or yeah. different you know elements situations like that. And um, it's a little weird, but it's like, what do you do in that type of situation? There was a YouTube video that was like who a week or two. Who pulled somebody on stage yeah. Yeah, and that? let them rap? And then they did the, it was a, a white girl and she said God, the N-word. Kendrick. It was, it was, it was, oh, it was Kendrick? Kendrick. I didn't know if it was Chance Lamar. or Kendrick. Yeah, okay. Kendrick Lamar. And he called her out because she, you know, on stage. But yeah. I'm like, 
can you? I mean, but see, but see, why? See, in my brain, that commits to goes back to there are some white people that live in this fake world of their own that they belong and are allowed to and have permission to do and say anything they want to anytime. And I think that is very indicative of our culture right now that like you are owed no, nobody owes you any you're not owed to say the n-word just because the rapper that you like raps about it because it's his it's been a part of his existence. Right, right. Like you can rap, I can go through a whole I can sing a song in a car with my mama and never say a swear <laughs> word because right. I don't cuss right. in front of my mama. Right. right. So to act right. like you can't like enjoy and rap along and not say the n-word to me only speaks to the fact that you feel entitled to be able to say and do whatever you want and that's what we act like in that we can do our freaking president is doing whatever the fuck he wants right. and we're but like it, fine with it, it but it comes back to white privilege you but, know what I'm saying? That's, that's what i'm saying you know? like, they're fine with it yeah. so to blame it on don't blame it on it ain't the music y'all we fucked up that's how <laughs> yeah. that's what, that, listen that's what i'm trying to get down to it's us Thank you. We it's have the our same fault. team. It's our fault. <laughs> it's our fault. Whatever. All right. Well, we got one more story to do because we want to we want to get to Starbound really quick. Um, so, last story about ironically about music. Uh, we know that Nas is is dropping his album. He dropped uh, it. He dropped it this week, and Jay Z and Beyonce are dropping their. They dropped it on his own. <laughs> Everything is loved. Yes, so uh, there is a, a social media kind of started a, a riff or was questioning a rift between Jay-Z and Nas because we know back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a huge feud between the two. Uh, they both rapped about each other several times, went on interviews, dissing each other. And uh, Nas wanted everybody to know. He cleared it up. There is no dissing towards Jay-Z. He is happy about Bay and Jay dropping their albums. He ain't worried about them dropping on the same time period that he is. In fact, he said he's more focused on black excellence okay. than worrying about... It's Black all about beef. the love, man. It's all about it's uplifting each other, man. We're stronger together than we are apart at the end of the day. And I've been happy and, and to see all the, the um powerful black people coming yeah. together, man. It's amazing. We in a we in a really a really special time in history. Even though it's a lot of, you know, weird things going on, bad things, there black people are coming together right now and we're really we're really binding together and trying to do some great things and I feel like in the next the next ten years is going to be a whole, a whole nother, uh, a whole, Wait, yeah, a whole different, totally different yeah, man. outlook on everything that's going on in the world because of um, us coming together like that. And that's what, what kind of influenced you to have your particular sound? Because you know, there's so many different directions that you could go in music right now. But you, after listening to you know your your record and watching the video, I was like, man, he really, it's like you really get you want to change For some sure. things in music. Yeah. But what, where did that come from in you? The kids, man. The kids show me so much love, man. And they and they really need someone to look up to. And they're gonna they're gonna look up to somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be that that person that they can look at, and I know that I'm gonna do the you know things in a certain way that is gonna be uh, responsible and respectful, and still turned up and lit, right. and still can be fresh <laughs> and all that. You could be all that stuff, but you don't have to be a gimmick. You don't have to be um, you don't have to be anything that's negative. You could be yourself and be and be dope and, and be great. So that's that's what I'm all about. That's the kids, man. The kids drive me every day to never give up, and I try to uh, inspire them to never give up. So you that? Who was that for you though? Coming up, like that, you were like the crazy thing is where I, where I come from. We talked about it a little bit. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, North Side, where um, Prince is from. Mm-hmm. And um, coming up from the North Side, you know, even though Prince is from there, Prince is super low key. He don't. Yeah. He's not. 
you know, out and about you. I never got a chance to meet him. You know, a lot of us didn't. He did a lot of stuff behind the scenes that I learned about later. Mm-hmm. But coming up, I didn't have anybody from my city that I can look at and be like, wow, they walk the same streets as me and now they're they're up on this pedestal doing what they love to do and they I get to see them and you know, really I feel like kids need to see what's possible. You can't just tell them what's possible. You have to be the change that you want sure. you want to see. And um yeah, that's what I'm really trying to do. I don't, I I want like I was saying to answer your question is so um from from the beginning I always wanted to be that I wanted to be the that that person that the kids from where I'm from can look at and say, you know, he went to the same park I went to and played yeah. basketball and he did this that and the other and now, you know, I, I don't know if y'all know but I I've worked with Floyd Mayweather and I travel mm-hmm. all over the world and and stuff. And I've been able to do all types of different stuff and then I get back to come I get to come back to the to my city and tell them, you know, you can do this too. You know what I mean? That that's that's I always wanted to be that and um because we had an absence of that where I come from and I, I always wanted to be that. So Well it's dope that you're you are willing to take on the role of the the, the person that they're looking at, like a role model. Role model. And because yeah. I know a lot of, I hate when, like, I hate when I I'm a celebrity, I, I didn't ask to be a role model. model. Right, but yeah. there's a responsibility when you become a celebrity, I'm sorry. You got in this industry. For it sure. comes along with it. People are if they if you have a following, there's a responsibility that you have with that. I don't For care sure. what you say. 100%. And but I appreciate that uh, that that's your you know that you kind of came in with a different mentality than I've seen a lot of artists in a long time. How, how did the relationship start with uh, Floyd Mayweather? Because I know you're like a 360 approach. Because you're not just an artist. You got you know you know how to edit. Yeah, you know how to do marketing. You know how to do the business. Yeah. So that's an interesting approach, especially right now. Sure. But how did that start with? May, uh, with Mayweather. So um, I own a company called New Wave, me and my brother Nino Powers. And um, we started off with, it's an artist from Minneapolis named Lil James. I don't know if y'all heard of him before, but he signed to Floyd. And um, we started flying ourselves out to Las Vegas, um, you know, as much as we could and work with Lil James. And we were shooting and running his Instagram um, for about a year and ended up getting fired from my jobs because he took too much time, uh, paid time off. And, all that. <laughs> and uh, and ended up getting an opportunity with Floyd to do that and get paid to do it um, with Lil James. Um, and then, you know, Floyd liked our hustle and like what we do and took us on a couple world tours and, and um, all, everywhere, man, just shooting, shooting for him. And now, you know, our company runs uh, all the marketing for his club in Las Vegas. Oh, dope. And oh, then, that's uh, amazing. And we do, like, we just went to Cabo and shot a wedding for his sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing a website for his club and all the marketing. So he keeps us pretty busy. Um, with that as well, so you know that's. You need some help, man. I know, right? <laughs> all these checks being thrown around. Right, you, need, like, you need some help with these checks. We're available. Seriously, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fly, unless you said Cabo in Europe, uh, I'm available. So you want me to hold a camera? I'm cool. I can do a mic interview. Whatever you need, brother. <laughs> yes. Black ex- I wear my black excellent shirt for, for Amber. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what <laughs> what is something that. great that you learned from him that's helped you in your career? Like you saw, you were like, wow, I'm, I'm gonna take that from. Um, two things is probably the biggest thing. We're stronger together than we are apart. Like, mm-hmm. That's that's one big thing. And I try to always incorporate that with my friend group and my company and everybody that's around me. You know, we have to make each other better all the time. And then the other thing is champions can adapt to anything. And in life, you know, the the, the people that make it are, I always I always say the people that make it are the ones that never gave up. And the reason the reason why never giving up is is such a cliche thing to say, but when I break it down, when you you have to go through certain obstacles and they never stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the thing that people forget. 
you know, you look at people that made it or whatever, and they think, oh man, everything is peachy, everything yeah. good. No. They still hustling every Absolutely. single day if they want to continue to be where they are. Yeah, they still hustling every single day and, and adapting to different things that are changing in their life, different mm-hmm. things that are changing in you know whatever business that they're doing, and um, continuous continuously being great. And um, that's one of the best things he, he's he's taught me. Uh, champions can adapt to anything, and that's why he's awesome. 50 and up. All right, so, <laughs> in, so in 15, 20 years, what does your black excellence empire look like? Man, that's Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, invite a brother to Wakanda land with you and a sister. We'll be right there. Like. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seriously. What we're trying to do is inspire as many people around the world, not even not just black people. Um, black excellence is just about inspiring because black people inspire. Like I just said, hip hop is the number one genre yeah. in, in America, and that's mostly black people that are doing that type of music. And we're inspiring all types of people from the music that we're making. And with black excellence, uh, it's more so a mindset that we're trying to instill into. Uh, you know, the younger generation that's coming up and anybody that wants to listen to, uh, you know, that type of um, that type of message, uh, you know, we're pushing greatness. I love it. That's man. it. Let's keep be up, great. Keep, keep, I love it. Man. We, we got to get out of here. But I'm curious, who's your favorite rapper out right now? Somebody asked me this the other day, man. It's so tough. Um, I would say overall. Dang. <laughs> you got a big one. I'll give you two. I'll let you have two if that makes it easy. I got it. I got it. Right. J. Cole. Okay. Why J. Cole? Because J. Cole, I used to listen to him when he first came out, and he was super conscious. You know, he's still conscious, but anyway, he was super conscious when he first came out, yeah. and it's kind of hard to, to you know, hit mainstream, sure. with that type of vibe. Mm-hmm. And um, people thought he was gonna fall off, and they, you know, his stuff was boring. I was saying, I said some of his one of the albums, I forget which one it was, but it was it was actually boring. I'm like, dang, I'm like, you know, I like J Cole, but I want I want him to find that niche. And um, I've just watched him grow into a, a point that his last two albums have hit the mark on point, and and I'm I'm just excited for him. Like you said, you know, champions can adapt to anything. He's getting his point across, yep. and he's getting the mainstream vibes. And the same thing with Kendrick. But well, Kendrick kind of been hitting since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but J. Cole had to go through a hump. He had to figure out a way to, yeah. to to get his point across, um, but still make it that people could have fun and, and listen to it. I like that, right. man. Good and where choices. can fans find you on social media, more about your music, all your new projects you got going on everywhere? So so, so, uh, so y'all can look me up on IG, uh, Starbound612. Um my uh I have a my song Black Excellence is on YouTube. You could just search Black Excellence, it was crazy. I come up first. If you go on YouTube and just search Black Excellence. <laughs> you did you actually did come up first. I come up first. first. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. But um or you could just look me up on, on YouTube. It's Starbound, the S is a money sign because we TMT to the day we D I E, you dig? Okay. <laughs> but um uh I'm also working on a project right now, a new project. I, I just went to Hawaii and um I went to a school called Kalama Intermediate. Um, and I met like 900 students and took a bunch of pictures, performed for them. I've been uh, talking to them on FaceTime for about two years, and I finally got a chance to meet them, and it was amazing, crazy experience. My first time in Hawaii, 
I went back to uh, Minnesota and, and, and did a surprise performance at the school that I shot the music video at for that graduation. And um, from doing that and and, really, and you know being able to really interact with the kids, that was my first time really being able to interact with them um, with the Black Excellence Movement. Um, it made me want to do a project for the kids, uh, all turn up music, all clean, uh, so I can go around the schools and, and be able to perform um, more music other than just Black Excellence and a couple other things I got. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. I actually was working on an album and I put it on hold so that I could do this for the kids and I'm going to come back and do my album. So, um, man, follow me, man. All this positivity. And once again, you it. said Hawaii, you throwing in these I other know, locations, right? brother. <laughs> no, I, no I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where your career goes, man. Like, sure. you, know, it's a, you, you have a, a, a lot of talent, man. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to enjoy watching it, man. I appreciate Congratulations. it. Man. Thank y'all for having me on here. And Courtney, where can people find you and your, your Afro purpose. Puffs and your uh, Afro, my Afro Puffs? I'm going to be one. where I'm going to be always. I'm all over the social medias at Stuart Starlet. All right. And I was going to say, Anthony, can we go out with the video? It's like, that kind of feeling right now. Anthony was on Black top Excellent. of that. He was on it. He was like, yeah. Uh, you can find me at Daryl Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on Reels channel, Broken Famous. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Everybody check out the BT Awards that are Sunday oh, night right. as well. A lot of good performances on there. For sure. And uh, we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, next week. But we're yeah, going to yeah. go out right now with Black Excellence. Check Before out. we leave, hold on. Can't nobody stop me. I'm unstoppable. I can do anything, and so can you. It's Starbound, baby. Bam. <laughs> Peace. We would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals. I was a king as a child. We were all destined to fail. I screams nobody could hear, but still somehow we prevail. Found strength and power of will. Black Sailor!